This isn't about my dad. This isn't about the dead. It's about the living. It's about my mother. It's about my sister. It's about my wife. It's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un-goddamn-deniable. Welcome to Cheap Podcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am Le Champion, Matthew Allen. Who is with me? I am undeniable. I am unstoppable. I am T.L. Foster. Bask in his glory. It is the end of 2019 already, which of course, for any podcast, means you have your best and worst of shows. And Cheap Podcast is no exception. Welcome to the best of 2019 show. Happy holidays, TL. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Happy holidays. It actually, I know a lot of people are like, oh, you should say holidays, you should say Christmas. But no, this week is actually all the holidays. You start off the week with a little bit of Hanukkah. You have Christmas right in the middle of the week and get right to your Kwanzaa. And there's also winter solstice. I got my my festive uh, wassail here with me with just a little bit. Got a shot of uh, apple pie moonshine in there, which makes it taste delicious. So I am I am ready to go. You doing anything fun to celebrate the holidays, TL? I know I know you did last year. You did the whole show all about Kwanzaa, just teaching everyone in the Laser Time Network about Kwanzaa. You got any big plans this year? Uh, no, I'm moving. <laughs> my big plans are I'm, I'm moving, and that's going to take up all my time. Understood, understood. Well, while TL is moving, we'll be putting these shows out for you fine folks. So we are going to do our 2019 best and worst of a little differently this year. So right now on the free feed, you are getting the best of 2019. However, for patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, we are going to exclusively have our worst of show. You know, we normally, when we count things, the best things down, we have the three count but what we're doing for the worst of we're going to have an all-new segment called the count out and that is available exclusively to patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash laser time uh so yeah what we figured we'd do is we would give you the best of the year and of course we have a format for that on that show so tia without any further delay how about i lead right into the cheap podcast 2019 best of Three count. We like the backstreet boys in sync too. Britney Spears is kind of cute. We watch TRL on MTV. Everybody three count. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right, TL. Gonna start as we do with our number threes, working our way. All the way to number one, counting down three, two, and one. So my number three best thing this year, the women's division on the main roster on WWE. In particular, the fact that the women have headlined a few pay-per-views this year. They've main evented. This is 
This has never happened before, and this year was the first time. Um, you know, a little caveat there. I will say, well, especially Survivor Series, the main event wasn't necessarily the best main event. But uh, how, how are you putting it to me, TL? The fact that it's like, the fact that they keep pu- putting them there and they're giving them the shot, that's a good sign. And that means it's it's something that, that's here to stay. And that means we are making progress, right? Right. I I think it's I think it's a fool's errand if we just want like if it's not perfect it doesn't work. It, it, there has to be an air of mediocrity to that. I don't mean as a negative way, but like the main events don't always hit with the men, right? Like every Hulk Hogan main event doesn't always hit. But the fact that you're multiply giving them a shot, even if it doesn't hit to like five star belter rating, like great match where's the all time match I think it's very. I, th- I still think it's very like good to keep on giving that shot. I I, I think it's very commendable, and I and f- in my opinion, they have taken the ball and you know maybe not run like touchdowns with it, but like in a football parlay, it's, they're getting you first downs, and I think that's very important. I, I would say this too is in terms of the in ring work, uh, it's been great, but I will say in terms of the storylines. The women's storylines have been way more compelling than many of the men's storylines this year. Uh, I'm just – if you ask me like, hey, what's what's the best 2019 storyline of WWE with, with the men? It's like I, I guess the Kofi thing but not really. I, I, I don't know. I would have trouble like picking out like a really strong good storyline. But with the women's side, you know, I think we all know the man, Becky Lynch. She's been all over the scene. She's done a ton of good work out there. So yeah, I, I would just say the storyline-wise, that it's it's been the stronger side of those shows, and yeah, it's it's no surprise. Obviously, the women's revolution was kicked off in NXT, and so now these performers they've been on the main roster a few years, and it's weird. There was like a little bit of a dip where they weren't really giving them the same push that they were in NXT. But if you remember, like during the heyday of the women's revolution in NXT, like they were the same, same deal. They were the best part of those shows, you know? Right. And, uh, and yeah, so I think it's this particular crew of women wrestlers has just been, they've been carrying a lot of these main shows for, for a while. You know, that's not to say all the stuff from the women's division is great. Uh, I think the, uh, the Lacey experiment is, is a great example of, okay, it doesn't always work. Although I will say at the end of the year, they kind of, they, they did a little turnaround with her and now they're pushing her as a face and they're focusing more on, on her military background and it's less the Southern Bell stuff. So even that has, has gotten a little bit of redemption. But yeah, it's, you know, for, as a whole and for the most part, I, I think the, the women's division has been booked better than a lot of the men's storylines. And uh, those matches, like I said, in the ring, they always deliver and they're always really good, you know. So yeah, that's that's why it is my number three. I also like about the women's division, there's a lot of diversity. Like, there's, it's not, like, it's not, like, the same, it's not the same four or five people, and there's also, like, a diversity of race, and a diversity of, like, of, of like, different faces, right? And I think that's always key of Paramount for things to be well. Like, I love the fact that the, uh, that the Kabuki Warriors now just, like, cut promos of Japanese. Like, I think that's... I think that's super cool. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very high on what they're doing with the women right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then if we extend that onto the NXT roster, it's just ridiculous. The talent that WWE has on their whole, you know, the, the company uh, in the women's division. So it's been really impressive, really great to watch. 
Yep. All right. How about you, Tia? What is your number three best thing of the year? So my number three best thing of the year, I was really kind of conflicted between this and like Cody's promos because I right now I think Cody is the best promo in the business, undeniably. But to me, it was the evolution of tag team wrestling this year, and uh, there's a lot of factors going into it. I think I think Kofi winning the title isn't like tangentially tied to the tag team scene, but it, it helped boost the New Day to be like a huger faction. Well, I, I, yeah, I would say he would not have gotten his singles push if the New Day was not as over as they were. Right. And the fact, and the fact that those guys pushed, like, Xavier's Woods, his whole thing was saying, like, at the end of the day, I want Kofi to win the World Headway Champion. And it happened, right? Um, I would say, like, some of the matches that the Revival have had this year have been just tremendous uh, but in AEW, seeing a lot of, like, tag teams, like, I was always a fan of uh, Proud and Powerful, and, like, being able to see them on a, on a, like, mainstream television has really been great. But, like, learning about new tag teams, like Private Party, who is, like, this, like, young tag team, and they have all this potential in the world. And then, like, the re, like, Scorpio Sky finally breaking out, like, this year. Like, it's been really, really great to see tag team wrestling kind of flourish, like in this day and age yeah well i think AEW they they said that they were making tag team wrestling a priority for their shows and yeah i i think it's one thing you would say okay yeah they're placing a focus on it but you're right wwe has also had some really great tag angles this year and tag matches uh more so i'd say in nxt for some reason i don't know what it is but wwe has always kind of in the past few years most of the best tag team stuff has been on the NXT shows, but that's okay because I love watching NXT and so I love tag team wrestling and so I can get it there. But yeah, you're right. It's like we have an embarrassment of riches this year in terms of like quality tag teams out there. Unfortunately, it does feel like they're kind of split up across rosters, right? You got right. the AEW guys and you, and you have the NXT guys and then in New Japan, there's some really good tag teams as well, but it's like... Yeah, it's uh, there. There's a lot of good tag teams out there to watch. Did you see that picture that uh, the revival? I think it was Dawson of the revival posted of them with Private Party. Yeah, well, actually, so there was another photo that somebody put out. It was because I think it was at Amazing Red School, which one of the guys from Private Party graduated from. But it was the Boston Hug connection with the revival with Private Party. And, like, that's, like, super fun for me. And, like, and I'd be remiss if I didn't look at the women's division. Like, the women's tag team title was kind of a joke. But then, like, when Alexa Bliss and um, Nikki Cross or Bliss Cross Applesauce, I hate that name. But when they <laughs> when they took those titles, like, they went out to make it mean something. And that would mean something. And now you have the Kabuki Warriors, like, doing runs with that. Like, it's we're in a really good age for tag teams. And this is really, really exciting. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that I don't like about Kabuki Warriors is the fact that Asuka doesn't get featured as a solo competitor at that point, you know, because she is so good. But um, the Kabuki Warriors thing is working for her right now, and it's nice to see her. Uh, if she wasn't doing much as a singles competitor, or they weren't they weren't really you know booking her that much. And so, yeah, the fact that she's all over the scene now has been great to watch. And so, yeah, it's a great number three. All right, moving on into our number twos. Mine, I can't believe this is number one, but uh, you'll you'll realize why when I say what my number one is. But I know my number two is a man that we actually, he's been in, I feel like he's been in a few three counts throughout the year. Um, but this man, 2019 could have been a year for him to just fade into obscurity. 2019 
could have been the year for the man who was always one of our favorites to just go off and run wrestling cruises. And yet, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, the GOAT, showed in 2019 why he is the GOAT and why he is so amazing. The fact that the man came into AEW and gave them the star power they needed and wasn't selfish about it. Like he's giving people the rub. Like everyone in Inner Circle that's around him is getting featured because they are around Chris Jericho. And he's been in some of the best storylines AEW has had. Whenever Jericho's on TV, you know, he fades he fades away, goes away for a few years, does his his music thing, and then comes back. He always comes back with a new he reinvents himself, comes back with a new look, comes back with a new catchphrase. And the fact that he was able to come back and think of Le Champion, and he came back and a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Became a thing that, that's so Chris Jericho. Like, I don't know why I'm surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. This is the man that only a few years ago, his thing was like scarves and the list, right? Right. Well, now he's back, and he's he has a totally different look, and uh, I can't, I guess I do prefer heel Jericho. Like, if I have to, looking back at his career, which versions of Jericho do I actually pop more for? It's heel Jericho. Right. Like, when, when he does become face, it's great, and he gets, you know, it's always nice to see, but his most fun is when he is a heel, and he is playing it up, and it's, dude, the bit where Inner Circle was, like, in that box, and they had the air horns, and they were, like, cutting off Cody's promo, <laughs> that was, that felt like such a, that felt like Attitude Era Raw. This isn't like the other wrestling company we came from. And the fact that like they came up there and they like broke through the glass just to get to them. And then they had the brawl out in the, the promenade. Like that's, it was so good. And Jericho's in the middle of it and he's in the thick of it. And, and it's, and again, it's not, it doesn't feel like a Hogan TNA situation where like he's stealing the spotlight from the young guys. Like he's definitely giving the young guys a rub and, and it's almost like, you can tell he's like picking different guys to wrestle and feature. It's like, all right, Darby Allen, now's your turn. I'm going to give you the rub. And now all of a sudden Darby Allen's more over than ever. Right. And so, yeah, Chris Jericho, man, continues to be one of the best ever. He, he should be at a point in his career where he's kind of wrestling less often and stuff. And yet he is one of the best things about AEW. Uh, Le Champion, the GOAT, Chris Jericho is my number two. It's a lot of responsibility. But it's a responsibility that I have to face. Because I'm the champion. Uh, yeah, I mean, he also brought us, um, what was, what's, what was Virgil's name in that, in that promo? Uh, something Jones. But he brought us back Virgil, like. <sighs> oh, that, that, that video behind the scenes segment was so good. Chris Jericho, he's in the prime of his life. He's, he's 48, the youngest AEW champion in history. I don't know what a goat is because I'm not a farm. But I know what Chris Jericho is, the greatest of all times. I, I've made the argument with my friend like 10 years ago now. Like, there's an argument of like, I don't know if Chris Jericho. I, I know people who Chris Jericho is their favorite wrestler, but I don't know if like. If you watch Chris Jericho, you're just like, oh, well, he's the greatest wrestler, right? But to be as good as he's been for as long as he's been, it's ridiculous. Like, he is the greatest wrrestler because of you got to put in longevity. Like, this is, like, this is, uh, this is Tom Brady, right? Like, this is, 
this kind of like longevity of of being able to lace it up and do great things. And I'm not sure if he was aided by taking that those years off and going to Fozzie. But like he every time like he does something, he like it's fresh. And the the thing I love about Chris Jericho is La Champion is different than <laughs> the painkiller who when he wrestles in New Japan. Like he still uses uh-huh. he still uses Judas, but he's a completely different character. And this is different than the list, Chris Jericho. You know, like it's it's, it's someone to have three different personalities. Like we we convince someone like Mick Foley, but Jericho is doing the exact same thing. Like he's just really really great. Here's all I need to say to prove that he's the goat. This is a man that can make Jake Hager seem interesting and cool. That's all it is. That's all. That's all you need to know. That's why Jericho is the goat. You're welcome. But anyway, TL, what is your number two best thing of the year? So, Matt, I know you talked about the women in the main roster. However, I thought this year was a breakout year for the women of NXT. There has been a lot of talk about wanting to grow women's wrestling. And again, we talked about earlier about like sometimes a main event has to be mediocre. Sometimes women's wrestling has to just be okay and still be featured for it to, you know, to thrive. But... Matt, I'm not sure if it's Sarah Amato and her coaching or what it is, but I have a question to ask you. Has there been a bad NXT women's match this year that you've seen? I think the worst we've given one of those matches was like a three or maybe a two and a half years just because we were like, well, there wasn't really anything special about it, but they've all been solid. Especially during like a takeover, right? It's just been a great year. Like we 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 went from a whole year of Shayna Baszler's dominance to like having her come up it's in a storyline that was built up. Like Rhea Ripley was the one person who took Shayna to her limit before, and then disqualified, got herself disqualified, and that's why she didn't win the title. And now she's won it. Um, you have Io Shirai who went from being like this bubbly, I can't wait to do this, to completely transforming because she couldn't get over the hump. You allowed Candice LeRae to actually be a person, which is what I've been begging for for years. Um, and now she's actually like a full forward person. And then even Dakota Kai, like Dakota Kai turning and now becoming like this vindictive, like buzzsaw. Like it's so great. I'm so, so happy with what the women's division is doing. Um, NXT's women's division is always great. And that's even, that's on our side of the pod. We haven't even really talked a lot about NXT UK. But NXT UK's women's division's been really great. Piper Nevin's been really good. Um, get well soon. Uh, but Jazzy Gilbert's been really great. Their champion, uh, Katie Lee Ray, who came over um, during TakeOver War Games and did a, a, did really great in that match. Uh, Tony Storm. like It's been a very, very great year for women's wrestling, especially on the yellow brand. I can't wait to see what's going on. And here's the crazy thing about it, Matthew. It's mm-hmm. deep. Like There's other women... Who are really good. You didn't even bring up the, the best up and comer they have, which is Bianca Belair. Oh, you're right. I haven't even brought up Bianca Belair, who is <laughs> who is made for the main roster, who is made for professional wrestling. Like she's so good. And then like Matt, there's women that haven't even shown up on television yet who are just as great. Like uh just this past Monday, uh Diana Perrazzo was wrestling and wrestled Asuka. And the money coming up, Chelsea Green is wrestling, you know, Charlotte. And these are women who haven't even been on NXT television. Like, 
we are in a golden age of women's wrestling in NXT. You're totally right. And women's wrestling in general, dude. And the fact that all of this was happening when pretty much like Ronda's been out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it can only really get bigger when she comes back into the scene. Yeah. And again, I I, I don't want to I don't want to understand that I love. Shayna Baszler deserves a credit. Like, I I know we're not doing like wrestler of the year, but honestly, she would be like my PWI number one wrestler of the year. Shayna Baszler has <laughs> been Shayna Baszler has been great on every show she's in. She won that that Survivor Series match. Like, Shayna Baszler is literally the shit and if we're like we're not talking about the Royal Rumble yet but she is right now my my current pick to win the Women's Royal Rumble yeah well I, I'm gonna liken her to and I know some people might not like this comparison but hear me out she's like a Brock Lesnar to me in that she is the most dominant wrestler on that roster in that if it's a straight up one-on-one fight your chances of winning of beating her are almost nothing right because like in a, and even in a legit shoot fight she could dominate everyone on that on that roster, um, and the only ways really when she gets her comeuppance or or when she loses, usually it's because something else has happened in that match, you know, because that's kind of how you have to book monsters and beasts, right? And it might be well, someone found her weakness or something like that. So she is one of the most physically intimidating opponents on that roster, uh, not just out of the females, by the way, out of females and males. Like Shayna Baszler is one of the most dominant, intimidating opponents, and just like a Brock Lesnar, where like every match she's in. You, you go in wondering, how can they book this to have someone beat her? Because if you look at her, there's no way anyone should be able to to hold their own against her. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, I mean, she's a legitimate, like, catch wrestler. Like, she's she is the most legit. Like, the Ronda thing was great because Ronda's a legit fighter, but she didn't have that air about herself. Shayna does. Like, Shayna is... Shayna's money, and again, like I said, I would she, to me, I would book her to win the Royal Rumble because it, she she is, should be the main event of WrestleMania. Totally good pick, yeah. The, the the NXT Women's Division, you're right. It's a worthy number two. But can it hold a candle to our number one picks? And mine, I'll be honest, it's a bit of a cheat because it lets me kind of showcase two different things. But I think it is worth combining them into one. So my number one thing in all of professional wrestling for 2019, Wednesday nights, the new Wednesday night wars where you have NXT going head to head with AEW Dynamite. Not in recent memory can I remember looking forward to a night as much as I've been looking forward to Wednesday nights every week, you know, and not since the Attitude Era have we had a thing where we could switch channels back and forth to see what was going on on the other show because you don't want to miss a thing, you know? Or if you're like me, you will you will watch one show that night and then maybe watch the other one later that week uh, on, on On Demand or whatever. Like, it is, it is so cool to have two really good shows going head-to-head. And I know we all kind of questioned and called out WWE for, for doing that. After AEW had announced they were going to be on Wednesdays, the fact that WWE then moved NXT to Wednesday nights, everyone was like kind of saying, oh, how dare you? This sucks, blah, blah, blah. But I do think it has created a really cool dynamic and it has created a sense of competition and urgency more so for NXT even. But you can even tell on AEW, like it's kept them on their toes, you know, because they know that people are just 
a channel click away from going to the other show. And so they do have to keep things interesting. And so I do think they push each other. Like competition is always a good thing. You know, you, you push each other. And so having Wednesday nights be the night that we all look forward to instead of Monday nights or instead of Friday nights, it's Wednesday. It's middle of the week, man. It's, it's hump day. And, um, dude, yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about, I mean, the fact that it's AEW's first real year, you know, and, and they're already just hit, they hit the ground running. Like they, 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 they were awesome. Those first few shows, you know, and I they, they had a lot of like benefit of the doubt from the fans because they were new and, and something new and exciting, but they managed to pull it off and they have managed to maintain that as, and, and kind of, I know we've, we've compared them before. Like to me, it, they really do feel a lot like old nitros, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Cause again, I like having that dynamic. Like here's, here's the WWE product on one side and here is this competitor product on the other. So, and then of course, NXT's always been good and will always be good. Right. And I was worried when they, they moved it from a one hour show to a two hour show. Cause I'm like, Oh man, how are you going to stretch things out? Um, but they've just shown they, they have a deep enough roster where nothing feels forced or stretched out like it does on raw, like raw, you can tell they're filling air and the segments go long and it just ugh, it sucks. Whereas an NXT, you know, two hours is, is great. Like they're, they're, they get their shit done. The matches are really good. Uh, I have no complaints. And so I'm looking forward to continuing this Wednesday night tradition. I think TL, haven't you made a little tradition of it? Like you, you sometimes go watch those shows at your buddy's bar or something. Right? Yeah. I go listen. I go watch, uh, the show sometimes over at listener of the show, uh, Jose D Garcia's, uh, bar over in the rec room over in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, you should go check it out. He's a, awesome. he's an independent wrestler, uh, and you should go check out his bar. Especially on New Year's, there might be some people who are on that Wednesday night show there. Who knows? Not going to guarantee Ooh. that, but could be. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely really really fun. It's really really great. It's just really nice to have two wrestling shows that are like enjoyable to watch. Uh, there, I do have problems with like I do. Like, there are things to nitpick about both shows, but I really think it's gotten really strong. And I'm going to tell you what, what really helped the NXT thing out, Matt. Combining the 205 Live guys with NXT, which they should have done from the get-go. I never, I loved uh, 205 Live, but I never understood why they made it a traveling show. Putting it in front of that crowd, like, who's hot for wrestling, makes it so great. And that's the thing about both those shows. They have crowds who are hot and ready for wrestling, and I think it really makes it like they're enthused, you're enthused, everybody's enthused about the show, and that's what that's what's really great about Wednesday night. Yeah, and I think the two hundred five live guys, you know, they're built. Let's be honest, most of the fans of like NXT, they 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 kind of prefer like indie wrestling more so than than like what you see on the main roster on WWE programming, and so the two hundred five guys with the smaller frame and. You know, the flippy wrestling, right. right? That is more what those fans are used to seeing and love to see. And so it is, it's a natural combination, you know, like, yeah, they, they complement each other really well. And it's, it's a natural fit. And 205 Live, as you said, should have always been a part of that because that's the kind of stuff those fans go nuts over, you know, and it doesn't necessarily translate to the main show and the main roster as well. And that's not to say you can't have smaller guys doing stuff on the main roster, they just don't have as many of them, whereas in 205 Live, they can all do this stuff, and it's all amazing. And so it's just a, it, it just breeds a different style of wrestling. You know, it's a much faster-paced style. Right. I think when you promote 
like those smaller guys on the main roster, you have to be something special for people to be like, okay, we can get behind it. And that's like not taking the shit out of the general public, but that's like, I mean, that's what most art is, right? Like, there's people who listen to rap, and like, you could say, oh, hey, this is a commercially huge rapper. And everybody's like, okay, but like, someone who may, for lack of a better term, like, have a more, like, specific ear for rap, but like a more niche rapper, right? But it doesn't have a more mass appeal. So it, it's harder to gain that audience. It's a lot easier when you have the audience for people who have the ear for smaller, flippy wrestlers to watch them on a show, right? So, I, it, it's really great. Like I said, I think both of these shows, both of these crowds, they kind of exempl- exemplify that. They're more willing to let the, art, like, let the wrestlers be more what the wrestlers are. I think that art really shines through. Alright, TL, so what is your, number one, your top thing in professional wrestling for 2019? I don't know this is a surprise for anybody. My number one is Keith Lee. This his glory. <laughs> this podcast would become the Keith Lee evangelation like hour if I could. If, did you just create a word evangelation? Were you you meaning to say adulation and evangelism and just combine them together? Because I love it. I did. That's how you cut promos, sir. <laughs> you, you great words. Um, <laughs> I oh I should have called out by the way at the beginning of the show. You were talking about Cody. And you basically did his promo line. You know, he went from, yeah. was it un, undesirable to undeniable, undeniable baby? You, yeah. you said Cody's promos were undeniable. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and, and he, oh, he's so good. But Keith Lee is equally just as good. Um, equally undeniable. I, I, I agree. Yes, I I have been a huge fan of Keith Lee for years. Ever since, like, yeah, he was wrestling in PWG, wrestling guys like Walter, uh Jonah Ray, who is um, I forget what his NXT name is, but the big the big um, New Zealand dude who wrestles in you know NXT. Like when I was when I watched Keith Lee, I was like, oh, this guy's so great. But I had a fear he would end up like Apollo Cruz did. Like Apollo Cruz's NXT run wasn't great because they didn't understand what was really cool about Apollo Cruz. And I was like, well, here's Keith Lee, who's kind of like the same guy. Like Apollo Cruz is not like like cut version of that. But he's a big dude who can do moonsaults and flips. And, like, I don't know that he can get it over. And I'm not sure what it is. And I know Vince is apparently over the moon with him, which makes me happy. But they figured, okay, well, here's what Keith Lee does great. Let's just keep doing it. And they are doing it. And it's great. It's awesome. His moment with Roman Reigns, like, uh, it was so good. Uh, His moments, like, just regular TV moments, the fact that he pounced Adam Cole into the another stratosphere. Um, if, Ke- if Keith Lee isn't the NXT champion by the end of WrestleMania, they failed, or he needs to be moved up. I, I mean that honestly. Not even as a Keith Lee fan. I'm just saying, like, he is what you should... Like, there are very few wrestlers I think you should build a wrestling promotion over, around. He is that. He could be your Hulk Hogan. I think, um, I wonder, yeah, you were asking about like why he got the push instead of like Apollo Crews. I wonder if it comes down to just something as simple as height. Yeah, I think he's a little taller than Apollo Crews, but yeah, he's, whatever it is, it's working and you're right. Like Vince seems to love him because he is getting the push and rightfully so in any, but more so than like he's getting the push. He, he got the push and ran with it. You know, like he, he really, they, they could tell they had something special as they were leading up to Survivor Series and they, they did all those NXT invasion angles. 
and he just kept getting the biggest reactions and then yeah at survivor series and at at the show the night before at war games war games he got the biggest pops and rightfully so like yeah he's he is something special i don't know what it is it's he just has charisma you know like his his facial expressions when he does stuff he can go from kind of looking smug and self-assured to looking just mean as hell to kind of giving the crowd a knowing smile and nod like yeah i know what's up like he he's got that charisma and something special that that's that's really what separates like the best wrestlers just from the guys who are mid carters you know is they know how to play off the crowd and the crowd loves them for it and yeah you know keith lee is definitely one of the best things this year and to see his emergence in nxt and you're right like if he doesn't have the belt i i think probably i, I don't even know how they do this to be honest because i don't know where there's room for adam cole on the main roster but keith lee to me feels like a worthy successor like when cole is, is ready to leave the main roster you give keith lee the belt and he can to carry the torch uh right. he, he definitely could be their champion or there's probably going to be super good angles of him chasing adam cole and vice versa you know of, of taking the belt back from each other because the one thing a good baby face needs we've talked about before is a chase and a good chase you know and, and you have it right there like basically keith lee versus undisputed era like because that's the only thing that's going to take him down is, is when he's attacked by four or five guys at a time right so right yeah no you're, you're right now keith lee's amazing i think just to see where where finn balor like fits into all of this title picture on the nxt roster though you know, you don't go back down. You don't have that guy go back down to that roster and not get a belt. So where where does he where does he fit in? Is is that's kind of the big unknown for twenty twenty for me. Well, the thing is, does he is he like a Shawn Michaels deal where like Shawn Michaels didn't want the belt? Like Shawn Michaels was like, I I actually don't really care for the belt right now. Yeah, but Shawn had Shawn had been at the top. You know, Finn isn't there yet. Like he every time Finn starts to get that push, he gets injured. Like he still right. needs his his time to be a dominant champion or a guy at the top for a long time. So I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's down on NXT's roster for very long. We'll see. But that is to me, that's the only thing that might get in Keith Lee's way next year in terms of like winning the championship is where does Finn Balor play into all of this thing? Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. All right. Well, that's it. That has been the cheap podcast. Best of 2019 three count. If you would like to continue hearing our thoughts on the worst of the year, then you are going to need to head over to patreon.com slash laser time and subscribe at the $5 or more level per month. And you will get instant access to that show. Cause guess what? We're putting them up at the same time. That show is waiting for you right now. And all you have to do is become a Patreon subscriber. Once again, the address, patreon.com slash lasertime. TL, what's that address? Patreon.com slash lasertime. And while you're over on Patreon, why not head over to patreon.com slash PNB? Yes, patreon.com slash PNB and join our new uh, venture. So we just added on one of our new uh, podcast voices, Brandon Lundy. Uh, I am going to be taking a small break because, like I said, I'm moving. But we should have our Game of the Year stuff out pretty soon. And yeah, that's going to be, it's very fun. I think we all came to a consensus. Uh, an anime game is now game of the year for P&B. There's your, there's oh your, there's your hint. Oh <laughs> Speaking of game of the year and video games, why don't you check me out every Friday as part of Vigigame Apocalypse, the Laser Time Network show all about 
Vidya Games. Uh, you can then follow us on Twitter at Cheap Podcast. Follow Vidya Game Apocalypse at VG Apocalypse. Follow me personally at Maddie C. Allen. And then how are they going to follow you, TL? Uh, they follow me at Travis L. Foster. On a quick note, we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for letting us bring Cheap Podcast back and for listening to us this year. It has been some of the most fun I've had podcasting all year with my boy TL. TL, thank you so much for being my co-host this year and kind of bringing it back. Like It was one of those things where I wanted to do it, didn't know who to do it with. TL approached me and said, hey, I kind of have this idea. Maybe we should bring it back. I'm like, yes, this is all I needed to hear. We got Dave's blessing. Thank you so much, Dave, for, for letting us kind of carry on the torch and, and and keep doing this show so thank you for that thank you guys for listening thank you for being with us in 2019 we hope you will continue the journey with us throughout 2020 that's been it for this show if you want to hear our worst of again head on over to patreon.com slash laser time check us out over there that's it this has been the best damn podcast there is the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And that's the bottom line, cause Stone Cold said so. Oh yeah, dig it, yeah. You're welcome.